Hello, I am Dr. Adam DeFault, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Columbus, and this is Becoming Saints, the podcast for the Office of Catholic Schools. Our podcast name, Becoming Saints, comes from a beautiful statement and a powerful reminder from Pope Benedict XVI, who said, a good school provides a rounded education for the whole person, and a good Catholic school, over and above this, should help all its students to become saints. And indeed, that is the mission and purpose of our 52 Catholic schools as we strive to fulfill the teaching mission given to us by Jesus. We're recording today in the Our Lady Star of the New Evangelization Studio at the Diocese of Columbus, and our topic today is how to share the power and meaning of this season of Advent in our families. Our topic today comes from the sense of both joy and fear that comes when families look at the calendar around this time of year. This is a wonderful, awe-inspiring time on the liturgical calendar that's so relatable to children, paired up with the realities of a two-week break from school. The upcoming Christmas break is an odd time of year when the routines and the patterns that we've gotten used to since August suddenly change. I can remember from when I served as a Catholic school principal that this could often be a difficult time for parents, from struggles with childcare to balancing family obligations. It doesn't help that in our culture, Christmas has become a post-Halloween flurry of lights and trees and presents and, of course, Santa. It seems that the world shifts gears throughout November and December, only to abruptly change again shortly after December 25th when the lights go off and the trees come down. This nonstop rush of activity forgets the actual meaning of this time of year. The church proposes something different. We find ourselves now in Advent, a time of prayer, preparation, and waiting, as the church invites us to prepare our hearts once again to celebrate the most profound moment in human history, when God broke into our human life as a child, the incarnation that changed everything. So there is clearly a visible tension between the secular and the sacred. For parents, whom our catechism calls the primary educators of their children and the models of faith, these two weeks are full of opportunity and possibility for growing our children's love of the Lord, but overshadowed by the time out of school and the secular pressure. Here to talk about all of this and more is Stephanie Rapp, a wife and mother of three beautiful children, a social worker and counselor, a faithful Catholic who most recently served as a director of marriage and family life for the Diocese of Columbus. Welcome, Steph. So let's begin together in prayer, and then we'll turn our attention to Advent. We'll begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, continue to bless our Catholic schools. Help them continue to be a source of wisdom to learn about your love for us. May all who enter their classrooms be filled with the gift of your Holy Spirit and come to know you in a more meaningful way. May Catholic education grow so that your good news can be taught to children from all around your world. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Steph, welcome. It's great to be with you this afternoon. Um, Let's first start by talking about you. Steph, what's, uh, what's your background? How did you find your way into the marriage and family life world? Yes. Well, um, as you had mentioned, my background is social work. That's what I went to school for. Um, the Lord definitely led me on a career path. He gave me a passion for families, for family, for relationship. And um, that started with um, 
the social work degree and then some experience in the field and with that career. But then my faith is what drove me there. Um, and then slowly different opportunities arose and then the marriage and family life office here. And it was, it was the perfect fit. And I was here about five, a little over five years. Um, and then it was afforded the opportunity to be home. So now I'm home with the kids, but I was in the marriage and family life office for until this past spring. That's great. Great. And so you know that at this time of the year, there's such a contrast between the secular Christmas and what we see with all the noise and all the lights and the colors and celebration and, and, and our faith-driven Christmas. This Advent season is this time of prayer. It's a time of preparation. It's a time of reflection. But those two pieces can be so different and create such a contrast and conflict for, for families. So how can families balance that and truly keep Christ and Christmas at home? Yes, that's such a good question. And I feel like with Advent, we hear that so much of like the, remember it's Advent, it's not Christmas yet, you know, and how to, how to do that. And even within our own family, um, Craig and I will talk about how much can we put off you know, or, or save towards Christmas or towards the Christmas season because it is Advent, you know, so even with decorations and, and things like that, and that's going to be different for different families, but it is something definitely to consider, like when you're putting your lights up, when you're starting to listen to the music and everything, because um, otherwise, if you're not intentionally thinking about it, like you said, the culture and the, everything around you, it, it will just happen. You will mm-hmm. just go. You, you, the, we're all so busy, the season will fly by. Um, so we really do have to be intentional during this time. Um, I think what's really helped me in my own experience, and even just through um, work and what I've read, it's a lot of um, acknowledging that contrast, like you said, especially with the consumerism, and, and there mm-hmm. are a lot of things that are directly um, opposed to our faith. But then also trying to find the good in some of that too. So obviously the consumerism is negative, but giving gifts and showing love is wonderful, you know, um, and relating that back to the ultimate gift of Jesus coming to mm-hmm. us or Santa Claus, obviously with St. Nicholas and right. um, everything from the tree to the lights, there's all the symbolism because it is all rooted in our faith. Right. Just the world just kind of leaves that part out sometimes Mm -hmm. you know so I think what's helped me um just parenting and as we kind of determine what traditions we're having we're practicing with our kids is to also um kind of just infuse our faith into some of those things that are happening anyway so so what's an example of that and just to interrupt real fast your kids are now oh yeah so they are eight six and three perfect great ages for oh, building so this culture and so and fun. yes that's great yeah and well and i'd say one more thing it it could seem overwhelming but it doesn't have to be you know i'm someone that wants to you know just that type a personality and i could read through even catholic things that are all these wonderful ideas but we're not called to do all of that and we really need to in our own relationship in our own prayer time relationship with the lord in our own time with him to determine like how am I going to be present to my family during this time? What are you calling us to do and not overwhelming the parents or the kids? Because that's mm-hmm. not, no one needs that. That's right. Definitely. Yeah. So but, what's a good example of that blending? Yeah. So I would say, um, okay, so what's really popular? Elf on the Shelf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is not bad. 
Um, and there are other opportunities, like there are other, like we have little shepherds. I'm sure people have heard, maybe Catholic families have heard, there's other ways to kind of still have that same idea, but maybe not the reporting back to Santa, but instead it's journeying to find Jesus or something. Right. But even, even with Elf on a Shelf, you could still add Jesus into that. It could mm-hmm. still be that Elf is found reading the Bible in the morning, mm-hmm. or you're going to make Christmas cookies because you do that every year. Right. Put a Bible verse on there. Yeah. And say, why, why are we doing this? Why are we caring for our neighbors? Of the and even changing that, that narrative of reporting back to Santa, which is just rooted in that consumerism mm-hmm. idea. Report back to Santa because you're not going to get a present. You're not going to get toys. You're not going to get whatever it is. And shaping that and, and redirecting that back toward our faith, mm-hmm. back toward what we're really celebrating mm-hmm. at this time of year. Yeah, and I know the Santa thing could be, you know, people have different opinions on how that goes, but we try to um, talk way more about, obviously, Jesus and the gift that he is, and that it's not, we're not giving gifts because of good and bad behavior. Like, if that was the case, we're all in trouble, right? Like, (laughs) God gave us himself out of love for us and to show his love for us. So, like, we explained to our kids, like, they will get gifts. Of course, we still want good behavior, but mm-hmm. it's not a, like, we want to lavish them with love, just like the Father yeah. lavishes love on us and the Son. And like what you said, just drawing out the values that match mm-hmm. our faith. So if it's Santa Claus, drawing out the generosity, right. the care for others, the love that's expressed mm-hmm. to our family and friends at this time of year. Right. There's positives in there. Yes, yes. And even I've heard different things like there's a few saint days in December and one is um, St. Lucy and her name means light. And I've heard mm-hmm. of people who put up their Christmas lights on that day mm-hmm. or um, light the Christmas tree for the first time or even go look at lights. So it could be things again, like maybe every year you go drive around and look at lights. Mm-hmm. So just choose to do Which it. Which connects that. into the beautiful story of St. Lucy in that tradition. Right. Mm-hmm. So you could just choose to do it that day this year read a little snippet about St. Lucy. And, you know, so you're still doing what you always do, but making sure to include our Catholic faith in it. And that said, on the other end, you mentioned this a few minutes ago, Christmas doesn't end on December 26th. Christmas, the Christmas season continues on from there, and we have great mm-hmm. celebrations right after Christmas. Yeah. And you that's pit- countercultural also, to like keep your tree up, keep your decorations up, don't take them down. Like right. the celebration starts, and you right. can think about... We celebrate the Blessed Mother on January 1st, mm-hmm. Epiphany yes. is in there. There's so many great teachable moments yes. that come in this wonderful season of the church. Yep. And, and even with the 12 days of Christmas, like there are different things. I've heard of like the moving the three kings throughout your house as they look mm-hmm. for Jesus. And simple, like that doesn't take long um, mm-hmm. to do. Just set an alarm on your phone or something. You yeah, know, yeah. I know it's another to do, but it's not, it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it could keep the kids yeah. just like the magic of the season. And it connects kids into the Christmas story. The story, yes. Because at this Kids love the image of the baby Jesus mm-hmm. in the manger. And I'm thinking younger children, sort of in the age range that your children are in. And yeah. it, that image of the baby Jesus, God, the Son of God as a child, so relatable to children. Mm-hmm. How can we help younger students to really make that connection mm-hmm. and understand the great gift that Jesus was to us? Right. How do they yeah. internalize that incarnational moment? Um. 
Well, I think, like you said, first, kids just, some, they just get it, you know? Like, there's such a reason why Jesus said to be like little children, because I feel like, at, especially at the ages my kids are, yeah. like, they, and they see themselves in Jesus, that he's relatable, he's mm-hmm. a baby. Um, if you have a baby in your family right now, it's such an easy way to bring up, like, do you think Jesus was like this? Or how, you know, like, how do you think Mary held him? Like, just yeah. inviting them into that story of what it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, even as he grows, like, talking to your kids about, what do you think Jesus liked to play? Did he play outside? You know, like, letting their imaginations think about him yeah. and what he's like and build that friendship with mm-hmm. them and Jesus. There's some wonderful kids' books that oh, are yes. like that just when Jesus was your age. I'm forgetting the title of of a couple of them, but I know we have them at our house and imagining and connecting with Jesus Mm -hmm. through the different ages that our children pass through. Honestly, now we are so blessed as parents to have so many resources nowadays. Like I know that my mom will say they didn't have half the stuff like when they were (laughs) raising us in the faith, but you could Google and look and we'll share some resources, but there are so many wonderful books and dolls or puzzles and very like developmentally appropriate that kids could grasp and have a lot of fun with because that's that we want the joy. We want them to know that like how this is the good news. This is, it's mm-hmm. incredible. So let's um, talk about that a little bit more. What are some of the good resources or sites that, that you in particular are fond of? Keep in mind, the reason why is because at this time of year, we like to remind our parents that they are, according to our church and, and our teachings, the primary faith educators in their families. Yes, yes. And they have a critical role in forming their children's faith mm-hmm. for their futures. Yeah, I think... I'm going to start with that and then go into the resources, if that's okay. But Great. Me. Let's do it. Um, you know, we talk about vocation a lot in Catholic world, and of course, a lot of times we end up thinking about vocation to religious life, priesthood, which of course, that is one. But remembering that marriage and family life is a vocation as well, and this is our path to holiness. So we might have plenty, like jobs and hobbies and ways that the Lord has asked us to be a gift to others, volunteering, that are beautiful. But if we have a family, that is, our, that is how we are going to be made holy and made who he wants us to be, and that, living that every day, and um, how well we're allowing him to guide us in that. And of course, raising kids, mm-hmm. um, again, just an awesome responsibility to to raise saints, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, there's so many resources, and again, it doesn't need to be overwhelming. Um, But something you brought up before that that ties into all of this is when you said about the incarnation. I think the number one thing that parents can do throughout any of this, Advent, Christmas, any time, is spending time with their kids, truly. And I know we're, we're talking gifts and traditions and all that, but just the time. And actually, one of the resources, um, Greg and Lisa Popcheck, they're phenomenal. And they've written tons of books. People have probably heard of them. Um, they have resources on catholiccounselors.com, I believe, is there because they have a counseling practice in addition to. But they write a ton on marriage and parenting and passing on the faith. Um, but they talk a lot about all of these traditions and, and what they would call rituals are fantastic. Um, but they might fall flat if without the relationship. So we need to be looking at how much time that comes first. And the number one um, 
The number one thing we could do as parents is have our kids experience love and warmth in the home. Then, when you're asking them to pray or to light the Advent wreath or we're going to um, have some other tradition, then it's so much more meaningful, you know. But it also doesn't have to be kind of overtly religious, um, just having game nights or spending time together. So I would say even on Christmas break, and I know different people are in different situations with how much time they could take off of work and all those things. Um, but just taking some time in prayer to see like when you can fit in time with your kids. And that means whatever you got them for Christmas, are you drawing with them? Are you playing that game you got them? With older kids, it, maybe they're on their phones and you're like asking them about their, the newest app, or, you know, but like that intentional time. And I think that's just the number one thing we could do for all ages mm-hmm. and for all seasons, truly. That's great. And, and really Christmas break can be, can be a bit hard for families. Mm-hmm. I mean, you make this quick transition from the routines and the rhythms of right. the school year into two weeks right. where the kids are home and it's family time, hopefully. But you're right, their parents need to balance work and, and mm-hmm. childcare responsibilities. And mm-hmm. how can that be a prayerful time? So spending the time together, making the time together is so important. What else goes into that? Yeah. I think, again, being intentional. So, um, And it doesn't matter if it didn't happen at the beginning of Advent. You could start at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to pick a time in your own schedule where you're going to have your individual time with the Lord. And, and again, that might only be able to be a few minutes because maybe a child wakes up. But, but still, <laughs> like he knows your heart and he knows you're there and you're trying. Right. So carving out that time. And then also... Um, the family time and the family prayer, which could be, you know, at dinner or singing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel as you light the Advent wreath or Jesse trees or beautiful traditions at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all, you could find out a, a ton of resources online just Googling Jesse trees. So our family tries to have like bits of prayer throughout our day. Um, we have the shepherds in the morning and they have a, their little card with a Bible verse, you know, so just... Um, it's not so much, at least for us, a sit-down, set time. Mm-hmm. It's just more like a constant conversation with the Lord. And that's something that our family culture that works well yeah. and, our, and our kids' ages and all that. So can you talk about that a little more? Like, what, what does the day look like? What are those um, prayer moments like? Yeah, well, for us, um, we try to encourage a morning offering, too, to wake up. And when they come down um, to go to school, there's a prayer space in our house. And again, it's not a room or anything big or fancy, but there's a dedicated space where we have the Sacred Heart and Immaculate Heart, and there's a a shelf that is our altar, and the kids are encouraged to go there and say their morning offering, and that's any time. But now that it's Christmas and we have our shepherds, that Mm -hmm. usually, (laughs) the morning offering doesn't always happen (laughs) because they need to find their shepherds. But um, the shepherds have a little card, and it kind of is, it has a Bible verse and encourages them, gives them some little message of the day. Um, and then again, then they're in school and I know it's really encouraging to see the things that come home from the Catholic schools. Like I, I love seeing what they're teaching and that's like, could be a continuation They're They're mm-hmm. out of the house for that period of time, but I know they're still being fed mm-hmm. with Catholic truth, which is such a blessing. Um, yeah. And then coming home, um, we try to, at, at dinner that I give that example of we light the advent wreath and always start with O Come O Come Emmanuel and kind of darken the light which the kids love that like the lights are a little darker Mm -hmm. so we just have the candle it feels different yes yeah Yeah. and it's not that big of a deal but to them 
It's, I mean, I didn't turn down the lights one day and my son's like running and be like, wait. They took care of it for you, right? Um, I know they, they, and it's so, it just shows how meaningful it is to them. The Jesse tree is the other thing that we do, but I try to, again, like not overwhelm and not make it like, okay, check mark. You know, I don't want this to be a list. I want Mm -hmm. this to be like an invitation and fun and joy. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, time with the Lord. So we kind of like bookend. And then this rooted in your own relationship with the Lord. If you're just talking to him throughout the day yourself, your kids will pick up on that. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. when I'm driving and it's a beautiful day, it's just a thank you, Lord, for this. Or someone has a problem at school and we pray, you know, Mm -hmm. so... And then, again, that could happen any time of the year. But now that it's Christmas, then there's, there's honestly even more opportunities because Christmas is on the mind, you know, the right. Jesus' birthday. Right. Um, but also, you had brought up the little baby. Um, we don't have Jesus in any of our mangers in the house, so they mm-hmm. know that when we set them up, like, I have all the baby Jesuses, like, hidden away, and they'll come out yeah. on Christmas, and we bake a cake for him on Christmas Day and sing happy birthday to him, so, like, as a Christmas dessert. So, again, just kind of, like, we're going to be having dessert anyway. Let's remember that who we're right. having dessert, like, who we're celebrating Right, today. and it emphasizes the waiting during Advent, mm-hmm. the anticipation. Yes, and not having, Je- like, Jesus isn't here yet. And actually, my sister's family, which then we start to do, the youngest is always the one that puts Jesus oh, in the nice. manger, mm-hmm. so, which I thought was beautiful and just symbolic. Wow. So all the little, but I think they seem little, or they could look a little like, oh, we just don't put Jesus in until he's here. Um, but they remember like mm-hmm. they pick up on all of these things, and I think even as kids are older, maybe they're not, um, you know, buying into all of it or um, just different developmentally where they're at, and that's and that's okay. But I think they still want those traditions, the comfort and the safety. I think of like myself as an adult and how wonderful it is to take these things out, the same things every year. So I think we just you continue on yeah. even with teenagers and young adults and. It, it's making a difference whether we like see it or not. It's mm-hmm. making a it builds that culture. Yes. And it's a long game. It's not, they often say it's yeah. a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? right? With all and things parenting. Right. And exactly. And then they'll make God willing be parents one day. And then they'll want to bring back a lot of these mm-hmm. things. They'll remember, like, oh, when I was growing yeah. up, we did this. Yes. Yeah. But I think, again, the biggest thing is, especially on Christmas, because we're afforded these traditions and this, it's, such a beautiful time and the focus on helping the poor and giving and just the generosity and love. Um, mm-hmm. We experience the love and warmth in the home and then we want that to continue all the time because mm-hmm. that, even in ordinary time and even in, you know, just right. our, our homes are the domestic churches and even the pop checks they would say, um, I remember this always sticks out to me. They're like, it's, your home is like a little like franchise of the parish, like it's an outpost of the parish, like a little mini saint whatever or whatever mm-hmm. church you go to. Um, you come there, you receive Jesus in the Eucharist at Mass, like that is, you know, we're grounded in that. And then we go home and how, is our, how does our home look like a church? Are we hospitable? Are, what would we expect from a church? We want to walk into our parish and feel loved and accepted and you experience Jesus how is that happening in our home, not just at Christmas, but all the time? Because that's how we're going to be passing the faith on to our kids. So, Absolutely. It's such a gift. It's a lot of work, but such a gift. <laughs> it is. It is. 
So just to jump back to um, any other resources yes. or or tools or or anything that you'd recommend to families. So like I mentioned, Greg and Lisa Popcheck are fantastic with all things parenting. Um, Messy Family Project is another one they have. You could find they have um, well a website, of course, but they started as a podcast and now they do all types of things. Um, and I know they've done different podcasts on holidays. Again, a resource for so many things, marriage and family life. It's, they're phenomenal. Um, Catholic Sprouts is another one that has a lot of, um, it's for maybe younger kids, but mm-hmm. another podcast. But then when liturgical seasons um, change, they're always coming out with resources, like little, maybe um, a book to bring to adoration or an advent, like our Jesse Tree, some of the stuff we've gotten from Catholic Sprouts. So other moms that have created these things they're using in their home and then sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but Catholic Sprouts and also Catholic Icing is another one where, um, it, like started as a blog, but they have mm-hmm. so many like coloring pages, free free um, craft ideas that again it doesn't need to be elaborate. Um, truly, sometimes it's just printing out like a, a saint coloring page, and then you could print it and read a little story about the saint, yeah. and and they remember. That's great. You know, so yeah, those, and then um, you could find a lot of them linked on the diocesan website. So the columbuscatholic.org has a marriage and family life office and they put out Advent resources as well. And I think they linked to a good amount of these, um, if not all of them. Terrific. Well, Steph, thank you. Thank you so much for the time today and for sharing so much about how families can really embrace and live their faith during this Mm -hmm. truly special time of the year. Thank you. Thanks. You have been listening to Becoming Saints, the podcast for the Office of Catholic Schools. Our guest has been Stephanie Rapp. New podcasts come out twice a month on the second and fourth Fridays every month, both in audio and video formats. In the meantime, you can learn more about the schools in our diocese by visiting our website, education.columbuscatholic.org. While you are there, take a look at our tuition assistance page to learn more about our new Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund an Ohio scholarship granting organization that allows you to turn your tax dollars into tuition assistance for students in need throughout our diocese. Donate through our website or at EmmausRoadScholarship.org. Thank you for listening today, and Stephanie Rapp, thank you for joining me. Thank you also to our producer, Abigail Patonis, and thanks to everyone who was listening today. God bless you all. I wish you a prayerful Advent and a joyous Christmas.